Welcome back. We're in Genesis chapter 16, verse 13. Let's go. Verse 13. So we're talking about Hagar and Ishmael. So Abraham, Abram at the time, we're about to find his name changed here in chapter 17, but Abram and Sarai could not have children, so Sarai suggested that Abram have a child with his, with their maidservant, and he did. And then Sarai got jealous and pushed them away. So Hagar and her baby in her tummy, Ishmael, that's what we're talking about right now. So verse 13, then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, you are the God who sees. For she said, have I also here seen him who sees me? Therefore the well was called Be'er Lahai Roy. Observe, it is between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. So we're up there talking about Hagar in the uh, wilderness and being pushed away. And God spoke to her. And then we've got verse 13 here. Then she called on the name of the Lord who spoke to her. So Hagar, not a believer, was speaking to God. He appeared. It didn't freak her out. And she had conversation with him. So don't write off the Muslims. God knew exactly whom the Muslims would serve. He knew what they would do. Yet he appeared to Hagar and comforted her on her distress, in her distress. He cared and he even made her promises. Do you get this? So Islam today, fundamentally in the Quran itself, promotes violence and jihad against Christians and has a huge problem with anybody who declares Jesus to be God. They call us infidels, and they want us to convert, or to pay a tax, or to be killed. And that's per the Quran. Now, they also respect Jesus as a prophet. They don't want Jesus to be considered God, but they do respect him as a prophet. So, no matter what... Muslims have done, some of them, no matter the 9-11 attacks, no matter the persecution and the torture that put, they're putting our brothers and sisters through in various countries in the world, Saudi Arabia, Syria, Jordan, Iran, Iraq, uh, you name it, Afghanistan, we know that God still loves them. Are they accepted into heaven? No. Will they be accepted into heaven, regardless of what they've done, if they accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, the one true God? Yes, that's the answer. So it's interesting here, seeing all the problems and violence that Muslims around the world have caused today, especially in the affliction and persecution of Christians, and yet God here is comforting Hagar with kind of the, the father of the uh, the ancestral father of the nation of Islam, the Muslims, if you will, Ishmael. And so it's really interesting to think about that, but it goes to show the point of God's love. And you, some of you listening to this, don't feel love right now. You don't feel love from your family, from society, from God, whatever it is, but know that God calls you to focus on whose you are, not on who you are. Focus on whose you are, and that is you belong to Jesus. If you have declared him to be your Lord and Savior, you are him. You are adopted into his family. 
It doesn't matter what society thinks of you. It doesn't matter what your family thinks of you or your peers. It doesn't matter if you have less money or you're not as funny or fast or good looking or whatever the case may be. He wants us all to focus on whose we are. That is his and not who we are, right? We only have any esteem of ourselves because we trust in him. He says esteem yourself not. He says to humble ourselves. He says it's okay to be humiliated and to be hated, right? You're going to be hated by all men for my name's sake. That's not to say that we're going to go out to be complete jerks and morons and obnoxious and stuff. But if we're going to press into Christ and love him and tell people about Jesus, the world's going to hate us. That's just plain and simple, especially where I live in Austin, probably especially wherever you live, wherever you may be listening to this as well. So something very important to understand. So it says, Have I also seen him who sees me? Therefore the well was called. And we go on to verse 15. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. And I'm going to look ahead at Genesis 21, 13, which says, Yet I will also make a nation of the son of the bondwoman, because he is your seed. And this, of course, is talking about Ishmael and uh, the nation of Islam. And see First Chronicles 119, uh, 129 to 31 for the 12 sons of Ishmael, which says, there are, these are their genealogies. The firstborn of Ishmael was, pardon me here, Nebajoth, then Kedar, then Abdil, Mibsam, Mishma, Duma, Masa, Hadad, Dema, Jatur, Nafish, and Kedemah. These are the sons of Ishmael. So that's right in the Bible. It's right out of there. And we know there's 12 tribes of Israel, but there's an equal number of tribes of Ishmael. Tassir, in his book Once an Arafat Man, said that it's interesting that today there are 12 groupings of Ishmaelites, Saudis, Jordanians, Iraqis, Kuwaitis, Qataris, and the seven sheikdoms of the United Arab Emirates, uh, which I won't even try to pronounce because it would do a poor job, so I... UEA is easier to say. Um, And if we look at Isaiah 67, 67, it predicts that some of them will be gathered with God in heaven. Obviously, only those who believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is God, God, Lord of Lords, and King of Kings. But many former Muslims, known as MBBs, or Muslim background believers, do in fact believe this. The Ishmaelites are our cousins, and we should have them, uh, love them and win them over with love and kindness, right? We're all related. We're all related through Adam and Eve, and we're all related through Noah and his wife. So we want to love all people. Just Even people in your family may have gone astray, and we still want to love them. And Ab- notice this. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. Dude was old, right? 86. But that's just the start of it. He's going to have a lot more as he ages. Verse seven, uh, Chapter 17, mine is titled, The Sign of the Covenant. 17.1, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. So here we fast forward. Abram was 86 when Ishmael was born. Now it's 99. God is appearing to him again. Abram is flat out old at this point, at least to our our current lifespan, right? Our average lifespan of somewhere in the 70s. 
uh, and uh, but back then they lived a lot longer because they weren't as separated. Uh, sin had not taken as great of a root on the world as it has today. So lifespans originally were really long. People were living in the 600s, 700s, 800s, 900s, uh, even past 1,000. And then that came down as sin took a greater grip on the world with, uh, with death, right, and illness. So we live in a world that's tainted by death and illness and all because of sin. Lifespans went down, and now they're coming up because of medical advancements that are all possible because of God, right? We don't credit the medical community or doctors or anything like that because they're just taking the mind that God gave them, the inputs that God gave them, and the ability to think and reason and fashioning things and advances and machines and, and some medicines and stuff. And that's all because of God. So he gets all the glory. So the lifespan's been coming up. But still back then, having a kid at 86, I don't think anybody's doing that today. Uh, certainly not many. And here he's 99 and about to have some more. So it's been about 15 years since God last spoke to Abram. Here this man was close to God, um, with whom God had made a covenant. And he had to wait 15 years to hear from God again. That, there's purpose in the process. God wants us to trust him. He wants us to communicate with him regularly. And he is there for us, even if our circumstances make it seem otherwise. If it were me at 99, I'd be like, hey God, uh, can't I retire yet? Play golf or golf until I die? Or do you really need me to be a father many times over? Because I'm old and I'm kind of tired. And this other kid is like 14 years old already. Right? There's going to be a huge gap, Jesus. Uh, both Abram and Sarah made the Faith Hall of Fame in Hebrews 11, uh, mentioned alongside people like Noah and Moses, for example. And uh, so we know that God loved them, and despite their flaws, right? This is why I bring this up. Despite the fact that Abram lied and told Pharaoh that Sarai was his uh, sister, but completely neglected to fail to say that it was his wife, and how Sarai told his husband, told her husband to go and sleep with their maidservant, right? These are some major things that they did wrong in their life, and yet they still made the Faith Hall of Fame in Hebrews 11. So as we carry on with 17.1, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God. So notice that phrase, I am, right? In the great New Testament, uh, Old Testament, uh, two words put together there that's declaring himself as God, the I am. And here, I'm going to read what John Corson says about this word, almighty God. At least in my translation, it says, I am almighty God. John Corson says, uh, I am El Shaddai, the Almighty God. Here's the first mention of this name that appears over and over throughout Scripture. El, that's E-L, signifies the right arm and speaks of strength. Shaddai speaks of a woman's breast and speaks of nourishment. Thus God is mighty one, is the mighty one who sees us through the right hand of his strength as he nurtures us ten, as tenderly as a mother does her newborn baby. So John Corson says that about that uh, phrase, Almighty God. I think it's awesome. He says, walk before me and be blameless. I am Almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. He's encouraging Abram and all of us through that to walk with God, to not do this life alone, to not think that we can you know, become our own God, that we can create our own things. No, we're just taking the mind that he's given, the inputs that he's given us, and he wants us to use everything that he's given us, our gifts, to lead people to Christ, to tell people about it with hospitality, with kindness, with love. 
um, with whatever gifts God has, has given us, evangelism, etc., and leading people to Christ, and, and be blameless. So what does be blameless mean? Well, we know through the cross, what Jesus did on the Christ, that we can be blameless if we accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior, and we believe that the punishment that he took on the cross, that he bore all of my sins upon him, and he cleansed me, and that he died for me in my place, like someone in a courtroom saying, Judge, this person is guilty, but I will serve their punishment. I will go to prison for life. I will be go to prison and go to the electric care for this person. Just let this person go. I want to be their redeemer. I want to be their ransom. Will you take that offering? Of course, essentially, that's my own analogy. But that's what God did with his son. He sent him to be our redeemer and our rescuer and our ransom. And that's how we become blameless, by accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Not because we're blameless, righteous, or holy, but because God declares us to be blameless, righteous, and holy because he sees Jesus when he looks at us. We'll pick up there in verse 2 tomorrow. Lord, we thank you just for everything that you do. Help us to be grateful and thankful regardless of our circumstances. Help us to understand that every person around us is actually related to us because we all come from Adam and Eve. We all come from Noah and his wife. Help us to love people who are different. Help us to love people who have a different outlook on life and worldview and religion. Lord, remind us that what we have with you is not a religion. It's a relationship. Help us to understand that you call us to go forth and share the love of Christ. Not yelling at people, not berating or putting our finger in their face, but loving on them. And also sharing the truth and calling them out on sins that we see that they don't see. Not in a bad way, but in a loving way to see, don't you understand that you're a sinner in desperate need of a Savior, which is what we all are. Lord, we thank you. Help us, guide us, and strengthen us. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to Daily Verse by Verse. We want you to be prepared in season and out of season to study the whole counsel of God so that you can share with people who Jesus is through your actions so that you have the right to tell them who Jesus is so that they can come to know Jesus or come to know Jesus better. We strongly encourage you to share this message, this podcast on your social media, Facebook, Instagram, message, email someone who you think could benefit from it. It's an easy way for you to go out and witness to the world just by sharing this podcast. We hope you'll join us tomorrow. Have a wonderful day.